0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to the intersection of faith and education, Anchored. Anchored is a new ministry of Peoria Christian School where we gather the PCS Bible team to provide biblical commentary and claims of the culture. The tides of culture ever change, but as Christian families and the local church, we need to remain anchored in the unchanging word of God. I'm so pleased that you took some time out of your day to join us on a good quality conversation this morning. We are continuing in our series on different arguments and apologetic responses for the existence of God. If you've joined us uh, the last few weeks, we've had different students on the program to discuss their in-depth, quality, scholarly research on various apologetic responses for God. Uh, We were discussing this in Bible class, essentially trying to prepare our students to uh, go into the world and be a witness for Christ. Uh, Understanding that there is a trend, an unfortunate trend, of young Christians walking away from the faith once they leave high school, uh, oftentimes because they are ill-equipped and intellectually unprepared to deal with the claims of the culture. Well, here at PCS, that will not be the case for our students. We spent this past semester discussing worldview issues, discussing why we can trust the reliability of scripture. And finally, we equipped our students with different apologetic responses to demonstrate the logical cohesiveness of the existence of God. And today we have a very special guest with us who will give us further insights into a powerful argument uh, for God. So today I have Alyssa Ellenbecker, with us on the program today. And Alyssa, I want you to share with us a little information about yourself so our viewers can get to know you a little bit.
1: Hi, uh, I'm Melissa, And I've gone to PCS for 12 years now. I'm a senior this year. And um, I've enjoyed my time here at PCS and I'm excited for what's going to be next in life.
0: Wow, so you have been here at PCS for 12 years. That's quite a bit of time, Melissa. Tell us, if I may ask, if I may put you on the spot, what is maybe one of your favorite things about PCS? If you could reflect on your 12 years of education, uh, what would maybe one or two things that stand out to you that you've enjoyed about the PCS experience?
1: Um, I think probably just how much the teachers uh, really care about how well you're doing here and like mm-hmm. if you do have a problem you can take it to them and they'll help you with it and also um, the environment of the students here is very nice too because like the majority of everybody is very friendly.
0: And that's I think one of the unique privileges of being in Christian education where you can recognize that your teachers are gonna pray for you before class. Uh, If there's anything going on in life, you can go to your teachers and they will pray for you. They'll walk with you uh, every step of the way. And of course, Lord willing, we've been blessed with a pretty good student body, I would say, where uh, everyone generally uh, has a smile on their face. And we're not perfect by far, But certainly we have a Christian environment here at PCS that makes learning uh, even better for for all of us, both staff and students. With that being said, I want to transition now to the the main point of our discussion today, and that is uh, specifically the argument for God you chose, which was the teleological argument. And uh, as I was reading through Alyssa's paper, I was impressed Uh, with the content, with uh, the articulation of this argument, the clarity and persuasiveness you wrote. uh, That kind of made you stand out a little bit in my eyes. So Alyssa, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about what the teleological argument is and why you chose it?
1: Well, the teleological argument suggests the probable existence of God from the evidence of order and design in nature. I chose this argument because it relies like the most on science and like evidence in this world to prove that there in fact was a creator and that we couldn't have all happened just randomly. If these things did happen on chance, that chance is very, very small. And um, I think that's just crazy that some people can believe that uh, this world could have all happened on that tiny little like piece of a chance instead of in a faithful creator who put in time and effort to, put, to make the design and everything in this world and that it can also be proved by um, scientists who have observed and experimented to th- with the things in this world who have looked into outer space and who have looked into the, the complex patterns in nature and all these scientific discoveries have pointed towards an intelligent creator rather than a random chance.
0: And I really appreciated actually how you started off your paper with that paragraph kind of summarizing the, the general uh, emphases you have and why you saw this argument being so persuasive, because as you stressed right there just a few seconds ago, it's like when we talk about what is a reasonable understanding of the world around us, when we interact with the science, with the complexities of nature with logic itself, what best explains the fact that we seem to observe design in this world? Is it really, should we really leave that to a a universal uh, cosmological gamble where we just guess, you know what, a non-guided years of expulsions of energy over long periods of time just coincidentally brought us to where we are? I mean, it seems like you were suggesting that's, that's, you have better odds of winning the lottery multiple times in a row it is beyond my understanding how some will cling to that type of explanation simply to avoid the reality of a creator. And, and in fact, let's go into a little more detail there, Alyssa, regarding some aspects of your paper here, because I, I just see here in the beginning, you stress the complexities uh, in the patterns of nature, science reason, all of these things, uh, our culture would say, those aren't a part of the Christian faith. Science, no, that can't go well with Christianity. Reason, no, you know, faith is a blind. You can't have a reasoned faith, but your paper strikes back at that stereotype, and I think strikes back well. So Alyssa, if I can ask you, I, I, I see here in your paper, you mentioned something called the golden ratio. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that.
1: Uh, well the golden ratio is a mathematical pattern that appears in many places in nature um, some of you might have heard of it because it is deemed the most like pleasing mathematical like pattern to the human eye, and if you think of it in like a picture it looks like um, a snail shell, it's the spiral that goes around in that, and so um, this pattern occurs in many different areas of nature where God incorporated it. It appears in the spiral shells, in elephant tusks, plant leaves, and many more. Uh, one example you could test out yourself is the measure of the height of a person divided by the measurement from their feet to their belly button is equivalent to 1.618, which is the golden ratio. And in addition to that, the golden ratio can also be found in the way the leaves grow on a plant. The pattern enables the plant to grow leaves in a manner where no leaf will overshadow another, and each leaf will get an adequate amount of sunlight when they follow the the pattern of the golden ratio, which occurs in a spiral, which explains why none of the leaves would overshadow one of the others.
0: That is truly amazing how we can almost mathematically put beauty to a number Um, this is something that really stood out to me reading your paper that was so unique is i've never even heard of this golden ratio before but here that it's demonstrated throughout nature from the human body to the shells of snails uh, to leaves on a tree this golden ratio number seems to mathematically demonstrate this natural law that is consistent throughout nature. And I think, Alyssa, you rightfully conclude that when the reasonable person understands that so many aspects of nature follow these immaterial laws that we can almost put to math and logic and we can see with with our human eye the beauty of what's going on, that we should rightfully conclude there is an intelligent mind that intended the universe to be this way. And I love the language you use here in your second paragraph as well. You talk about the fantastic complexity in nature. And I think that's a word that appropriately grasps what we see so much complexity from the human cell to the massive oceans, to a leaf on a tree, to looking at yourself in a mirror. There truly is fantastic complexity in this universe that I think we would all agree shows the fantastic nature of our creator. But of course, Alyssa, not everyone agrees with your analysis of what's going on here, and there certainly are those who would Uh, you know, look at the same things we're both looking at today and not necessarily conclude God. Would you maybe fill us in on one possible critique to the teleological argument that you examined and maybe what your thoughts are about it?
1: Yes. A man named Daniel Dennett has proposed that the multiverse theory, which states that an infinite number of universes, each one would account for different aspects, and in each one of these infinite universes, everything happened to work out just right and that is how life on Earth came to be. First of all, in order for this to be true, it would be like winning the lottery because there would have to be millions, billions, or like trillions of different like attempts going through each one of these different aspects that must be all in line to create life and our universe the way it is like today. And so the problem with this theory is that there are so many assumptions that must be true. And uh, with that logic, uh, Oscom's razor comes in handy. That statement states that the best explanation is the one that makes the fewest okay. assumptions. And that supports a the theological argument rather than the theory of the multiverse because uh, we believe that the universe was created by God on one assumption on an all-powerful being instead of multiple, multiple multiverses. That would have had, had to have came from something else, creating them.
0: Fantastic. In fact, uh, Daniel Dennett, I think, is a prolific author uh, and one who certainly uh, is quite popular in the atheistic agnostic community. And I hope you just caught what just happened. Uh, our very own uh, student here, at PCS, I think just successfully critiqued uh, one of the leading uh, atheist voices in our country, and I think she critiqued him well. Uh, it's amazing the intellectual gymnastics one has to do in order to try to explain reality while trying to avoid the, the necessary conclusion of God. I mean, it's so intriguing that as Christians, uh, it's not unlikely that we're going to get mocked for believing in an invisible being that we can't see that had no beginning that that is all powerful yet. Here in that same community, we have people willing to believe in an infinite number of other universes outside of our own that we can't test, we can't even uh, interact with, yet we are the ones who are mocked for one being that we believe in. And even using Occam's razor, like you suggested, when it comes to two uh, different arguments, the one with the least amount of assumptions seems to be the one that's most logical and you are absolutely right assuming one all-powerful being is certainly more simple and straightforward than having to assume an infinite number of universes outside of our own. I think that was well said, Alyssa, and I appreciate you uh, analyzing uh, that critique for us. So finally, I want to turn to a final aspect here of the teleological argument. Of course, as Christians, we want to be logical. Of course, as Christians, we want to be reasonable. We want to be uh, firm in our scientific convictions. We want to use evidence. But ultimately, as Christians, we want to be biblical. We want to be obedient to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, the teleological argument isn't only based in philosophy, but there also is a strong biblical basis for it. Uh, So Alyssa, can you fill us in maybe on one or two verses that you found are consistent with the teleological argument?
1: Um, Yes, I believe that um, Romans 1.20 and Psalms 19.1 really just support the fact that God did create this earth, and um, you can tell by looking around at you and observing the things he made. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And Romans 1.20 says, for his invisible attributes, namely his his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. These verses say that, I mean, as long as we just look around us at the complex designs and like crazy things that go on in this world, like we should be able to tell that this could not have all happened on accident. There must have been some thought, some intelligent like design placed into the making of all these things. It could not have came from a random chance. It had to have came from an intelligent creator.
0: Well said, Alyssa. It's amazing how when we grasp the evidence around us, when we interact more with science, how we'll find that scripture actually uh, is absolutely consistent with it. And I think you did a very good job demonstrating that the teleological argument doesn't leave the Christian isolated in philosophy. Rather, it's a deeply theological and biblical idea. And how true it is that the heavens declare the glory of God. I mean, when you were out in your morning drive this morning, did you see the sunrise? Did you hear the birds chirping? Did you see what nature is doing? It truly declares the fantastic complexity of this universe truly declares the fantastic nature of our God. And as you brought up a list in Romans 1, it talks about how the invisible attributes of God are clearly known to those, so people are without excuse. In fact, in Romans, we talked about how people suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They are not ignorant of the truth. And this is such a clear example. When people are willing to believe truly absurd things such as a multiverse or uh, I've heard even some suggest that aliens had uh, designed this aspect of our universe. It's amazing how absurd we become when we just simply want to avoid the conclusion of God, which is one of the joyous things of being here at PCS, that we run to God, not away from God. And when you're grounded in scripture, you know you are grounded in truth. So with that, I had a fun time discussing this issue with you today, Alyssa, and I want to thank you so much for joining us here in the studios at Anchored, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show today. Every time we have a good quality conversation, and I hope you grasp from conversations with students such as Alyssa that here at PCS we are equipping students not only to be grounded in their faith, but to be thoroughly equipped for every good work so that when Alyssa goes to college, when she goes out into uh, the workplace, when she has a family, she can be a witness for Christ, demonstrating uh, from the tools she gained here at PCS, such as the teleological argument, that uh, truly the Christian faith is reasonable, that the gospel is powerful, and that the people here in the community of Peoria and throughout the world need to know Christ. That's why we do what we do here at Peoria Christian School. I'm so glad you are joining us in just one small aspect here on Anchored as we continue to equip students and have important biblical conversations that glorify God. So I cannot wait to see what the Lord has in store for our next conversation here on Anchored. God bless and I'll see you guys.